So if you're a kid, fifth grade under, head on downstairs. Special service for you guys. Thank you so much. Hope you guys are doing well. It's so good to be with you. It's always an incredible honor to be able to share with you. And if you have a Bible or a electronic device that can access a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 14. Would love to share with you guys um, something that God has laid on my heart for a while now. And I'm thankful for this this uh, series we've been going through called a, a Biblical Church. Just taking an honest look um, in God's Word and from His Word. What, what does God want to do with us? What's His purpose, His plan, His direction for us as a body together? What is our commission together? And I've been super thankful to be able to share with you and to stand alongside you and, uh, and run through this together. I, I remember with Pastor Brian and Mike just coming up with these different things, looking in God's Word, and just so encouraged that we get to go through this um, together. The title of today's message is Follow Jesus. Very simple, very simple. And um, I'd love to pray with you before we get started. Lord, thank you so much for your incredible mercy, your incredible grace. Lord, thank you for who you are. You are the only God, holy true, good, righteous, faithful, and to think that you would extend mercy to me and to us is incredible. We have rebelled in our sin. We've chosen our way. Lord, we believe the lie that we could be our own gods, but yet you came running after us. Thank you, Jesus, for coming today to save us from our sins, to put us on a real-life journey, a real-life mission to be able to spread and share your incredible love with everyone. And I pray you would encourage our hearts, God. Would you fill our hearts with your presence? Would you remind us of your truth that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us? Would you renew in us a new burden and a new vision for our community around us? Would you ignite our hearts, Lord, from your word today? Would you speak to us, Jesus, as we're going to read your words? Would you impact our heart and would you help us to be obedient as we count the cost of what it looks like, what it means to follow you? God, I'm I'm first in line as I'm still learning what it means to follow you, what it means to count the cost. And I pray, God, that we will move together as a church as we see who you are and that fuels everything that you've called us to do. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to be in Luke 14. We'll get there in just a second. Something that I love to start with, um, mostly with, with every message, is I like to talk about faith. God has created us to express faith or belief. It's something that we do. Your life is an outflow of what you believe. We all do that. We, you, you, can't, you can't help it. Our life is built on what you believe. And there's only two choices of what you can believe in. You can believe in God's truth, which is the only truth, or you can make it up in some self-determined, made-up fantasy. That's the only two options that we have. Something that's made up, that's not real, something that we can, we can depend on what we feel, or we can depend on the actual truth of God. And I'm so glad we have a God who has given us His truth. We have a knowable God. 
I'm grateful for that. Tested through time, I'm so glad we have these scriptures to help us understand who God is, to help us understand who we are, to help us understand where we're going. As I spend time in scripture, I'm, com- I'm, I'm conflicted, not conflicted, I'm, I'm confronted again and again that the choice is either King me or King Jesus. There is no other choice. I can make up a fantasy that I am the king of my life and, and, then, and then fade off into oblivion, or I can surrender to our incredible king, Jesus. And he is the king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is the king. And I'd rather, I'd rather do that now than later. Amen? I'd rather make him the king of my life now than at the end of my life realize something else. He is our king, and I'm grateful for that. But what kind of king is this king? Well, I, I, I show this picture to our teenagers all the time. He is, he is the creator God. I love John 1. Everything that was made was made through Christ for him and from him. We have rebelled against him. We have gone our own way. We've caused other people to go astray. We've bitten into the lie that we don't need God, that we can be our own king. And he comes running after us. 2,000 years ago, that reality is still the best news for you and for everyone today, that God became flesh. He did dwell among us, and he came running after us. He lived a perfect life in our place. He took our cross, our death punishment, our deserved consequence for sin. He took it on himself and absorbed it. What kind of king is this? He's a just king, and he decided to take that justice on himself. He came back from the dead to prove to us everything that he said is true and that he's the only one that has eternal life. He has life. He gives us life. I asked the young adults this morning, when does eternal life start for the believer? The moment that they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, sealed, a citizen of heaven, and dwelt by the Holy Spirit. That is exciting. God, would you reignite my excitement that I am your child, a citizen of heaven. I love it. Now, as we look in Luke 14, we're gonna, I'm going to put this question up. For us as just thinking through the application how far will you follow the king how far will you follow the king is there a limit to what christ can call you to is there a limit on how far he will draw you to pastor micah that rhymed i know it was an accident <laughs> so in luke chapter 14 we see a few things of, of Jesus' ministry. Something that I want to point out is that there'll, there'll be the multitudes that will gather around Jesus. And he's starting to change the way that, well, he hasn't started. He has changed the way that he talks to the multitudes. He starts to say difficult things as far as what it looks like in the cost of following him. And we'll look at that in just a second. But we're going to start in Luke 14 and verse 15. We're going to start with this. Jesus is having dinner with this Pharisee, and here comes a, a man who has a, an illness, and Jesus asks, what do you think? Should I heal him, heal him on the Sabbath? 
And this religious ruler starts to, you know, have this debate because the religious rulers up to this point, up to this time, they've added so much to the law that they completely miss the purpose of the law. So Jesus goes into this parable to show his heart, his compassion for who is to be invited in. I'd love to read this with you. Verse 15. Now, pay attention to the, the characters of this, this parable. I love it. A parable is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and I love parables because that's how my brain works. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread the kingdom of, uh, uh, in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his, he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Hey, everything's ready. Come and get it. Dinner's been prepared. The table banquet is, ba banquet table is set. Everything is ready. But Jesus makes a point when he includes this into his parable, verse 18. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. Interesting. These excuses are hilarious. This is funny. I think it's very funny. I'm going to try to... Anyway, some people think that Jesus was always like somber and, you know, had a serious face all the time. I don't think that's always the case. I think Jesus, you know, the author of joy who designed our faces to do one of these. I think, I th okay, never mind. All right, so here we go. Verse 18, I, th I think this is funny. I really do, but listen to these excuses. Hey, God, the, the master has invited, the, the banquet table is ready, come in. Here we go. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground and I must go see to it. I ask that I may be excused. What a silly excuse. I just bought some ground, and I got to go check it out. The ground? The ground? You have to go check out the ground. Um, now? Right now? The, the banquet table is set. It's, it's time to feast with the master. It's time to eat with the king. It's time to enjoy his presence. I just bought some land. Man, I got to go... Gotta go, gotta go look at it. I gotta see if there's bluegrass on it, right? Let's keep reading. Verse 19. Another said, I've bought a yoke of oxen and I'm gonna, I gotta test them. And I ask you that I'm excused. So I just bought me, I just bought me a new tractor, man. I bought me a yoke of oxen, right? It's got two ox power. It's awesome. I gotta go check it out. Why? Are they gonna explode in the next hour and a half? Like you have to check the ox out right now? Did you not tie them up? You got you to, right now, you have to do that now. The last one I think is really funny. Um, still another said, I've married a wife and I can't come. There's no, there's no explanation. It's just, I just got married, so count me out. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. What? She said that? Like, I, yeah, well, I, I'm not even going to, I know who she is. I married her. I can't come. Um, but I think, I think the, uh, the excuses really show a lot as far as what we do and what I do, what Pastor Micah does in his heart and his life. When I allow things to get in the way of being able to enjoy the presence of such a good and amazing king. I mean, just we're only halfway through the parable. Who is this king? Well, he's good. He's generous. He's generous. 
He's kind. He's wealthy. Wow, and he reaches out and he invites. And here are the excuses. Uh, my property, my stuff, my relationships have blocked me. They have blocked me of saying yes to the king. Hmm. Verse 21. So that the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Bring them in, the poor, the maimed, those who can't walk, those who can't see, bring them in. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded, and still there's room. And the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Wow, there's a cost. There's a cost of allowing things to block us from saying yes to the king. But look at the heart of the king. Go get everyone. Go out and compel them. Go out to all the land and bring in everyone. There is no one too low to hear the gospel. There's no one too low of a status to feast with the king. And that's the point that Jesus is trying to make to this pharisaical uh, ruler here as he's having this, um, this conversation. So we have the king. He's good. He's generous. He's rich. He's kind. He's got a vision that's beyond anybody's spectrum of life. Everyone. We have those who made the lame excuses. We have those who were invited in, the poor, the lame, the blind, the sick. Bring them in. But there's, there's one character that caught my eye as well before I get to that last character I, one of the questions I asked was I wonder why these people who were invited made the excuses why did they make the excuses why obviously it's a parable right Jesus is making a point but one of the one of the things that I as I'm spending my my time in God's word thinking through this maybe one of the reasons they made excuses is because they're just they just got use to the goodness of the master. Maybe they just got used to the master wanting them over and wanting them close and feeding them so good. I can relate to that in my life. Um, to confess, I mean, there are times that I'm not really excited about the cross. And there are times in my life that I'm more excited about my, my land or my relationships or my possessions. And I forget about what a, an incredible cost and price that Jesus made for me to come and dine with him. But there's one character in here that really stood out to me that isn't a prominent character in this story. He just seems kind of like a, an extension of the master's arm. It's the servant. The master commands the servant, and the servant's not, it doesn't say, uh, well, I'm almost done with my coffee break. I will go and compel them in just a minute. There, there's, there's no question to the call the master puts onto the servant. The master calls the servant and says, go. And 
just like it the way it's supposed to be, he goes. He reports back, and he goes. He obeys without question, and he goes. How incredible is that? Lord, would you make me a servant to the king like that? When you call, I don't hesitate. I don't wallow in lame excuses and make my life about me and miss the goodness of the king. I go. Now we're going to jump into um, some of the hard language that Jesus is going to speak now. He's going to speak. And pay attention to the details in verse 25. It says, Now a great multitude went with him, and he turned to them, and he said to them, Now when you see this, who is this great multitude? Where did they come from? We're used to seeing large crowds gather around Jesus. The first one that I can remember just in, in my brain is, you know, the feeding of the 5,000, right? There were 5,000 men, not including the women and the children, the aunts and uncles and grandma and granddad. Like, there could be like 25,000 people there. And this isn't like fast food restaurant days. You know, they didn't have granola. Maybe they did have granola bars back then. I guess granola is kind of organic. But anyway, they, they were hungry, Jesus takes the five breadsticks and the two fish sticks from that kid, thankful for the kid giving up his Lunchable, and he blesses it and does a miracle and feeds everybody till they're stuffed. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's a miracle. Of course I'm going to follow Jesus. He's got the food. I show up for the food. Anybody? Amen? Yeah, thank you. And he's got the miracles. So following Jesus for dinner and the show, Jesus recognizes that. I'm going to follow Christ because he benefits me, because he interests me in my way. He relates to my stomach and to my entertainment. Jesus sees this. The multitudes come, and they gather around him again, and he's going to say hard things to them. He's actually going to cast people away. Go. Let's pay attention to what he says as we think about this. He says in verse 26, he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What? Jesus, how could you say that? What is the, what? I gotta, I'm coming home, you know, mama hates you. You're like, that's not what he's saying. He's not telling you to go home and completely despise those who are so incredibly meaningful in your good, godly, God-given relationships. That's not what he's saying. And I've heard pastors say this, digging into this a lot deeper as far as what Jesus meant, and it will make sense later on down the road. But this is what Jesus is saying. And you can just do a little Micah measurement right now to see where I land on the target. Jesus is saying, listen, your love and your devotion and your willingness to call me your Lord and Master, you partaking in the good grace that I've given you, the affection that you have for me in comparison to all the other good relationships that I've given you should look like hate in comparison to how you follow and love and cherish me. Wow. Wow. That's a whole nother level. That changes like everything we do when it comes to the word church. It changes everything. 
Now, as we, as we continue to read this last section here, the question that I'm confronted with is this. Micah, do you believe this book? Do you believe this Bible? Because if you do, if you believe that, you've got to do something. You have to do something about that. You can't, just, you can't just read that and just stay the same. God's word makes that one clear. I love he, he, when he compares God's word like a mirror, right? Like when you, when you wake up in the morning and you, you brave the reflection of what happened last night. You know, I'm a hard sleeper. I, I think I die in my sleep and I resurrect every morning because I'm not the same person when I w- went to bed. You know, it's just bad. And you see what manner of person you are from what you went to sleep and your face is all sideways and it's just bad. And you, and you see that and then you leave it You forget what you look like, and then you show up to church. Hey, good morning. (laughs) Right, right. That's foolishness, right? That's foolishness. You're going to fix that mess. You got to fix it. You've encountered the reflection of who you are. You got to do something about it. That's God's word. He gives us a reflection of who He is, and then who we are, and then we got to do something about it. I'm thankful for that. Jesus continues. He says in verse 27. And whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Ooh, that's expensive. That's an expensive verse right there. Cash that one in. Take up your instrument of death to self. That's the access that calling Jesus Lord of our hearts and our life must have. Again, I'm first in line and not obeying that well. I think I said that too nicely. I'm first in line and failing to obey that a lot. I think I still said that. I'm going to stop right there. No. Whoever does not take up his instrument of death to self cannot follow me. That's the cost. You must die to yourself completely. That is the opposite of the culture that we live in today. I hope you know that. We live in a culture that celebrates self. We live in a culture that idolizes self. Look within yourself to find your meaning and your belonging and your identity. Trust in your heart. That is your source of truth. Be true to yourself. Trust yourself. That's where we live. The Bible is the opposite of that. He says, do not trust yourself. To say, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me is to admit that I die to all of me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you're my Lord. I believe you came back from the dead. Save me. You know what that means? Jesus, I now belong to you. This life is not mine. It's yours. You own own me. My thoughts, Jesus, are yours. My stuff, Jesus, is yours. Like he said here in the verse before this, my family and my close relationships are yours. Come what may, Master King Jesus, I am yours. Everything that I have, all that I am, is yours. That's where we can't, we can't leave here without being changed. Verse 28, he said, For which of you 
um, intending to be an architect and he, you know, be to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish it all who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and he wasn't able to finish it how foolish how foolish how foolish to say yeah I'm a, I'm a Christian Pfft, life's about me how foolish what a mockery to, to say that Christ is my king and to not live like it. I've done that. I've been there. Keeps going. He, he says it again. He said, or what king um, going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet and come against someone who has 20,000 men of war or else while, you know, still a great way off before the battle even begins verse 32 he sends out a delegation and asks conditions of peace right you got to be wise about this you have to be wise you have to consider the cost it will it must it does it it costs everything yeah salvation jesus paid it in full but it costs us every everything verse 33 so likewise whoever of you does not forsake all. Cannot be my disciple. Well, that, that wrecks me. That's good, though. That wrecks me. It should. It should, be a, 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 it should wreck everything of my life. I give it all to him. This last little section is the last little part, verse 34. Salt is good. Mm, anybody? Yes, french fries? No. Salt is good. But if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor fit for the dunghill. But men throw it out. And he ends with this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. There's your invitation. The salt. Salt is good. God designed salt. You are the salt of the world to bring, to preserve life, to bring flavor to life. I love that. That's like a kingdom quality that God has called us to be able to live out into our entire world. But if it's not salty, it's not even fit for the toilet. That's what it said, the dunghill, right? It's not even good for anything. It's worse than good for nothing. It's worse. It's just, it's worth nothing. He who has ears, let him hear. So we talk a lot about how amazing, how merciful, how good, and we celebrate how good our God is. We celebrate our Savior. And then he tells us to follow him. He calls us to follow him. How far will you follow the king? Right? We've been talking about what it means to, to be a disciple. Pastor Brian spent a while talking about evangelism. We think about that next word there, missions. I've been... I've been eyeing that word on that banner for weeks now. God has continued to put that word on my heart. The great commission, what God has called us to do together. I love that. The commission is to go make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples. Go make followers to this level of all nations. Why? Why should we do that? This next slide gets me excited, and I'm thankful for who the Lord is. Number one, why should we go? Because of who Jesus is. Amen. It's not about me. 
I'm not going to promote myself or preach myself. I'm not creating some product to bless the world. It's who Jesus is. If he's the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords and he calls me and he calls you to go and make disciples of all nations, I'm in, right? Be one, make one, I'm in. That's, that was, I'm in. Well, what are we bringing? Redemption. Salvation. Satisfaction in life. Eternal life that rolls into eternity. Sin is paid for in full. The debt has been paid. We must declare. We must share. We must allow people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ so that they too can follow Jesus. How? Through resurrection power. Jesus came back from the dead, guys. We serve a living king. Jesus conquered death. What do I got to be afraid of? What problem is going to come into my life today that can face up to a king who said no to death? That's amazing. What struggle do I have to face today that can compare to the king of kings and the Lord of lords that says, you're my child, I call you. Oh, by the way, I'm more powerful than death. I love Romans 8. Paul said that if the, the spirit of him, of Jesus, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies. Lord, energize me. Take me over. I want to be full of the Spirit, full of your power, full of your focus and desire and burden for the nations. Send me, God, wherever that is. Again, I'm with you as you're with me. I'm in front of the line, and I'm in need of hearing that. So, how far will you follow the king? It's a good question. We have an incredible king. We have an amazing king. We have a message of salvation that the world needs to hear. Here's our world. By the way, uh, Google Earth is so fun to play with. I got so distracted with Google Earth. Just hours wasted. You zoom in. Here's our, here's our county, 24,000 people. This is what God has called us to as a church, to be able to reach those for Christ, to be able to see them come to Christ and disciple them. Emily and I have had the awesome honor. Actually, it's nine years this, this, this coming February, nine years. I remember when uh, we pulled up um, in Stanley in front of the pharmacy, and so many of you helped us take our... Uh, few belongings to the upstairs apartment in Stanley in the pharmacy above the pharmacy there that was a day where are we <laughs> and then and then and then um the the fair happened right next to it that was interesting we just watched from the window that that year as we watched the fair in Stanley like wow um the train going by seven times a day give me a little toot toot Ricky right that was that was awesome especially at three in the morning we got used to it for sure. I, I didn't, uh, we got used to it. Um, coming here as a pastoral intern, you guys decided to, to keep me, which was awesome. Laboring along with you guys. It has been an incredible, incredible journey that God has 
blessed us with. He has given us such an incredible church family. You guys are our family. You want to know how how long we've been here or just look at Silas. You know, we didn't have kids before we came here. Now we got a bunch of them. And they are I keep asking the question, how long do you have to live here until you're from here? And the consensus is you have to be born here. So that's So all of my kids are from here. They're all they're all yours for sure. Especially Olive. Talk to her. It'll make sense. Just listen. We, we love you. You, will, you, are, you are our family. And I've never, met, I've never met a church that's quite like you. Um, so here is here's where we are. And just want to share with you guys what God is doing in our hearts. God is calling us to be missionaries to Poland. And I love to share with you guys the story, if that's okay. I would love to. It's a it's a it's an interesting story. Take about six and a half minutes. Ready? Here we go. I get I get better at telling it. Um so I got to we we support Ron Davis. Um and he came to me and said, Listen, I've been praying and I've been seeking the Lord. And God has put you guys on my heart, and I would love to just share with you what's going on in Poland, and just pray about it, if this is what the Lord would lead in your heart. And let me tell you, church family, uh, definitely would not be here if it wasn't for your heart for the nations. So thank you for being a church that has a vision for the nations. Um, Actually, Nick and Jill Toothman, they're here visiting with us this morning. Sorry to point you out. Thank you guys for for being here. Um, Ron, share with me that um, Ukrainians are fleeing to the northern part of Poland, and they're gathering there, uh, these refugees. There's about 80,000 of them that are fleeing from, for different reasons, from from war, um, and they are concentrating in the northern part of Poland, and if I can say it right, Gdansk. Did I, yes, okay, I said it right. And um, Ron used to be a missionary in that area, and a local pastor with these, this group of people contacted him and said, we need your help. There's about 60 to 70 of us, young families between the ages of 20 and 30, and we need your help. We don't have any support. I have a, This pastor, his name is Maxim, he has a vision to plant churches, to establish churches, to reach his people group. And they don't have any support. And he's asking, um, asked Ron if he would come. And Ron said, I'm in. I'm in. And by God's will and by God's leading, we'll build a team and we'll go and we will support you. And we'll see this church established. We'll see other leaders developed. We'll see other churches planted for the kingdom of our incredible God. We'll see disciples uh, following Christ with this with this mission and with this commission to think that it's just a little it's a little little impact but you think about it the few that Jesus sent out changed our world forever to think um, that God would call Emily and I to to this kind of mission is is well I didn't expect it I didn't expect okay if you've ever been in our gym and you want to turn the lights on, you have to go into that awkward closet and open the breaker box and click all the things on. That's what, little breakers, right? That's what the Lord did in our hearts. Um, 
we got to take this news, this prayer request that Ron asked us on vacation. We're praying about it. We're seeking the Lord. We're asking a lot of good questions. And uh, I remember we came back from vacation, and I'm sitting on the floor doing my old man stretches because God blessed me with old man knees. And Emily's on the bed, and I said, Emily, have you ever, would you ever expect the Lord to call us to something like this? And she said, oh, yeah, I've always expected that the Lord would call us to missions. I'm like, always? Would, it would have been nice if you have told me, you know, I could have been a little prepared a little bit more beforehand. Is there anything else that you want to share with me that I don't know that, that the Lord might be calling us to? And I was relieved to hear that she is so incredibly excited for this opportunity to be able to go and to learn a new language and to help establish these churches and come alongside these people for the mission and the commission I'm so incredibly grateful that I have a church family that has a vision for the nations to be sent out on your behalf to Poland. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to think that we take this message across the world and we'll give up all to be able to follow Christ. Now, if you ask me, like a, you know, as far as your processing, uh, I called Ron. I said, okay, we're in. And he said, you are? I said, yes, we're in. He's like, really? He's like, yes. He said, wow. Wow. I don't know why he was so surprised, but he's like, wow. Okay. Um, we started the application process, which takes forever, by the way, with ABWE. There's this percentage bar of shame that tells you you have a long way to go as far as answering all the questions, but I'm thankful how thorough they are. We actually got to have a meeting with the uh, regional director in that area uh, through Zoom. And uh, we are looking forward to going to a new mission orientation, missionary orientation, October 30th through the 6th to answer all the questions that you're going to have for me that I don't have yet. Um, Pastor Micah, how are you doing? Well, here's a few things. I hope I spelled them all. Um, <laughs> here's a few things. Um, I feel incredibly honored. One thing that Satan has been attacking me with, and I say that, um, for real um, He brings up uh, Michael why you What do you have to offer to Poland You barely know English How many typos have you shown Your church family unashamedly What There's people here that need the Lord I mean come. Why? What, what, what makes you think That you're cut out for this I hear that often It kind of messes my sleep up sometimes Surprisingly but I keep being reminded of what we just talked about. It's not about me. This is not about me at all, Satan. Take it up with the king. He's calling and leading our hearts. He's called us here. He'll call us away. He's called you here. He'll call you away. That's how we should live. I die to myself daily. And I'm so grateful and thankful and honored. I'm overwhelmed. I'm praying, we're planning, we're processing a lot. We're excited. There's a lot to anticipate. Two big prayer requests. Three, I guess. Raising support, language, and how to shepherd our kids well through this. I'm thankful. There's a lot of studying to do, and I love to read. Why do you guys laugh? You, like, know me or something like that? But... It's just incredible. That doesn't belong to me. 
doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the king. I'm so grateful to have you guys as my family. And I want to live this verse. Jesus died for all. That those who have that resurrection power and that life, that Holy Spirit calling to follow the King, those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him. Who gave us the ultimate motivation. He died for us. He came back from the dead. I'll leave you with one more passage. I promise. I promise. This is it. John gives us a glimpse of the, of the last days. Of the last days. Just a little snapshot of what eternity looks like. And there's this group of people. After these things, I looked and beheld a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, all tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne of the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hand, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. To think Mount Carmel, we could have a peace. When we, when we pull up to eternity's shore together, that last day, and to think that we have a peace of the nations and the tribes and the, pe- and the peoples and the tongues to look over and to see our brothers and sisters from Poland who came to know the Lord whose families were, were strengthened and encouraged, that you, that you had a strategic peace in that, that is so encouraging. It's so encouraging. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. This is a, this is a long process. This isn't, see you later, guys. We're gone tomorrow. No, it could take a year, a year and a half. Um, things that we're talking with the, the leadership with about. So, hey, don't, don't worry. I'm, not, I'm still here, guys. I still, still love you. Still need you. Um, so we'll, we'll be fleshing things out in the, in the future of, of, of what different things look like. But I, today was um, just to share my heart, how the Lord brought us to this point. But it's, again, it's for us. How far will you follow the king? How far? You are a specific missionary. I hope you know that. The people that you work with, the people that you rub shoulders on a daily ba- basis, a missionary will probably never talk to. You're sent to them specifically. And I'm thankful that this call is not just for missionaries. We're all a missionary. We're all called to this. Some go, some send, some stay. And that's who we are as a church. And I'm grateful for that. I'd love to close our time before. I'm not sure who's going to close the service. I have a song that I want to share with you. The title of it is uh, Follow You. God, you've, all of my needs, God, you've supplied. When I was dead, you gave me life. How could I not give all of this away freely? I'll follow you into the homes of the broken, to the poor and the needy. God, I will follow you. I'd love to sing this with you and then pray with you as a, as a church. Live among 
of these, the weary and the weak. And it would be tragedy for me to turn away. And all my needs you have supplied when I was dead. You gave me life, so how could I not give it away so freely? And I'll follow you into the homes of the broken. I'll follow you into the world. Meet the needs of the poor and the needs. God, follow you into the world. Use my hands, use my feet to make your kingdom come to the corners of the earth until your work is Faith without the works is dead, and on the cross your blood was shed. So how could we not give it away so freely? And I'll follow you into the homes of the broken. Follow you into the world Whoa. I'll meet the needs of the poor and the needy God follow you into the world and I give all myself and I give all myself and I give all myself I give all myself, yes I give all myself, I give all myself to you, and I'll follow you into the homes of the broken, follow you Follow you into the world. Whoa, meet the needs of the poor and the needy God. Follow you into the world. Father, I thank you so much for my family. Thank you for this amazing church, God, that you have called, equipped, empowered. Everything that we have is yours. You have supplied everything we need just to give it away freely. And that's who you are, our incredible God, our incredible King. Lord, I pray that you in these days continue to flow and ignite our hearts 
Give us fresh vision, fresh encouragement, especially in this time to be able to be co-sent by you to bring your news to everyone around us, Lord. Help us to be aware. Help us to be ready. Help us to be filled with the joy and happiness